Allah Ta'ala has created three places. One place is a place where there is only happiness, joy, pleasure, comforts, luxuries, beyond one's imagination. There is no name of any difficulty, any hardship, any pain. Whatever a person desires, that is what he gets. The name of that place is Jannat. And then there's the opposite of that, where there's only hardship, only difficulty, only torture and suffering, and that place is Jahannam. And then there's the third place, which is a mixture of both. No matter how poverty-stricken a person may be, there are moments of happiness in his life also. And no matter how much a person may be in the lap of luxury, there are moments of pain and sorrow and grief in his life also. So this is dunya. Dunya is a mixture of both these situations. And a person who tries to make dunya jannat, that can't happen. Dunya is dunya after all. So every person is faced with some kind of challenges in the world. Somebody in one form, somebody in another form. But there are these situations that come up in everybody's life. Nevertheless, no matter what the situation may be, outwardly, apparently, it might be positive, or it may be outwardly negative. For a mu'min, one whose heart is truly connected to Allah Ta'ala, for one who has his life in the way of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then every situation is nevertheless positive for him. There's positive even in the apparently negative for him. And this Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes in one hadith sharif, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, amril mu'min. That how amazing is the issue of a mu'min. How amazing. That inna amrahu kullahu lahu khair. Every situation is good for him. There is never a situation that is not good for him. Every situation is good for him. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying. Now every situation in the dunya, there's both kinds of situations. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, nasabat sarra shakara fakana khair Allah. If ease, 
comes to him, then he makes shukar upon that. That is a means of him going towards his objective. That is the yardstick of what is positive and negative. A person started off a business, what is his objective? In the time that he's got the business there, he's getting a lot of friends who are coming and visiting him, and a lot of other things are, he's enjoying being there because the business is in a very scenic place. But that's not the yardstick of the success of that business. He's enjoying the company of those friends, he's enjoying the scenery, maybe the breeze is excellent, but that's not the yardstick of the success of that business. Is it making a profit? If it, not one friend comes to visit him, there isn't any scenery around him that is very pleasant, it is a stuffy place, but he's making a killing as they call it, and he says this is perfect, don't worry about the rest. So the objective will be the yardstick. So here this person received ease, he made shukr, he's getting closer to his objective, getting closer to Allah wa ta'ala. So that has become good for him. When asabatu darra sabara, fakana khair Allah. And if some difficulty comes, some hardship comes, some challenges come in life, after all this is dunya. Every person faces some challenge or the other. Then he makes sabr upon that. Now he's still moving towards the same objective. He's still getting closer to Allah Ta'ala by means of sabr now. That has become good for him. So what we learn out of this hadith sharif is that a mu'min is always positive. Even in a negative, outwardly negative situation, a mu'min is always positive. And often the aspect of positive and negative is only how we look at it. The whole difference is only, as they say, what perspective it is being looked at from. Two people were asked to comment on a half-filled glass of water. So the glass of water, half-filled. And both people were asked to comment on it. So one person commented, said it is half-empty. So he saw the half empty, the void, the emptiness in the half of the glass, and he commented on that. The other person commented it is half full. He looked at it from the bottom end, that there is half glass of water here. So he saw the substance. His eyes went to the positive side of it, that forget the half that is empty. Look at the half that is still there. If that wasn't there also, it would have been totally empty. So he's appreciating what is there. And the other person is focusing on the emptiness. And as a result, he's feeling the emptiness affecting him also. So this is the way that a person looks at it often that makes it positive or negative. But for a mu'min, it's beyond that. It's not a matter of just looking at it. It's a reality. That in the apparently negative situations also, Allah Ta'ala has placed great khair in it for sometimes. In the Quran Sharif, in Suratul Kahf, Allah Ta'ala narrates the incident of Hazrat Musa and Hazrat Khizar The details of this are mentioned in Bukhari Sharif and Muslim Sharif, where Nabi Sallallahu gives the entire incident about the journey that Hazrat Musa had in the company of Hazrat Khizr He was instructed, it's a lengthy incident, 
But the main aspect is Allah Ta'ala instructed him that go in a company of Khidr Salat Wasalam. Any case, they finally left on that journey. Before that, Azad Khizar had already warned him that you won't be able to bear being patient. He said, no, no, I will be patient. Let me come along. Very well, they left on the journey. Now they came to a river bank and they needed to cross. So some people with a boat recognized Azad Khizar So they said, you want a lift? Jump in. And they offered it for free. We'll take you on the other end. So as they are en route, Hazrat Khizr wakes up and he goes and damages the boat. Musa Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, and he couldn't just hold himself that is this the repayment for the favor these people gave us? That they offered us this lift for free and now this is how you repay the kindness. You went to damage that boat. The Khizr immediately reminded him that, did I not tell you you won't be able to bear this? He said, okay, please forgive me. Mistake. Very well, they went along. Then they came to some place where while they were walking, one youngster was there. Khizr came to the youngster and killed him. Allah is narrating this in the Quran Sharif. He killed him. Musa couldn't take this. That did you kill somebody? What? He's done anything? So again, Khidr Islam reminded him that what was the condition? The condition was you'll not ask any question. So, okay, fine. The second mistake. Now, if I commit this mistake one more time, you can then. Then tell me, okay, fine, we part. They went along. Now they came to one little village. They were hungry. They had nothing. And the people of the village, which was just their responsibility now, that these are travelers, they have nothing to entertain them, give them at least some basic thing to eat, but they refused to do anything for them. So in any case, as they're leaving the town, they pass by one wall which is about to collapse. Khizr gets busy repairing the wall. Musa objects, these people, this is how they treated us. We are hungry, we got nothing to eat and they want to chase us out. Now you do this job for them for free. You should have taken something in return, at least we could have bought something necessary ourselves, something to eat. So Khizr Islam right, this is it now. That the third time now, now you go your way, I will go my way. But he said, before you go your way, let me tell you what happened. That this boat that I damaged, this belonged to those two orphans, to those orphans that were running it. So I damaged it. What I damaged actually was I saved it. The downstream was this tyrant king, and he was standing there and waiting. Any boat that was very, that caught his eye, was looking very good, then he was usurping it. So I damaged it a little bit. Now as we passed by this tyrant king, he saw that damage, he said, no, this is not for me, let it go. So I didn't damage it and cause it harm. In that little harm outwardly, I saved it. 
And as for that youngster, so this youngster, he says that Allah wa ta'ala inspired me, that this youngster was, as time was to go ahead, he was to have become a means of a major obstacle for his parents in their iman. So Allah Ta'ala inspired me and I removed him from the scene so that he does not become an obstacle for his parents and Allah Ta'ala will replace him with something better for them. And then the third thing, he says, well the third thing, this wall was collapsing but beneath this wall was a treasure. And the treasure was the ownership of some orphans. But they were too young, too small yet to take care of it themselves. If this wall collapsed, it would have become exposed. And others would have taken it away. So I repaired it, restored it. The day will come when they will be in a position to take care of it themselves. Allah Ta'ala will make the means of it becoming known where it is. And in this ayat, one more thing Allah Ta'ala says, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا that this unseen help Allah Ta'ala sent for the wealth of these orphans was on account of their forefather being a very pious person. The Mufassirin explained it was actually seven generations up. That that great-grandfather seven generations up was a very pious person. On account of his piety, Allah Ta'ala is protecting the wealth of his great-grandchildren seven generations down. So in any case, the lesson that we were learning from this is that outwardly there was damage. Outwardly there was harm, but the reality was something else. And this is what is required to focus on the reality, which is often not known to us. But it's there. Whether we understand it or not, it's there. Now how is a person going to bring himself to focus on this? This is the reality, but how does he bring himself to focus on this reality and see the positive of everything? There's two things required for this. One is dhikr and the other is shukr. And Allah Ta'ala mentions this side by side in the Quran Sharif. Remember me, I will remember you. Dhikr. And be grateful to me, don't be ungrateful. If there's dhikr in a person's life, and dhikr, the crux and essence of dhikr is the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. A person is constantly aware of Allah Ta'ala. So he sees the hidden hand behind everything. This is the effect of the dhikr, of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, of the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. That now outwardly something happened, but what is the khair behind it? Many a times, it's an operation. A person sometimes has to undergo some medical procedure. So now the doctor tells him that, look, you have to undergo this, whatever the procedure is, it's going to cost you 300,000 rands, 500,000 rands, and you don't have it, you're a walking time bomb. So now when he said walking time bomb, already he can hear the clock ticking. So now he's parashan, that Allah knows best when this will explode. So he can't afford it to, he's finding out somehow how he can make the means. Then up front he's being told you're going to be laid out for one month, you can't walk anywhere. All your activities are all going to be curtailed. Can't go to work also. Can't enjoy the foods that you normally eat. You can't do this and can't do that. And it's going to be very painful. And then all the follow-ups. 
Now all this very frightening scene has been spelt out in front of him. And he's still going around borrowing, asking people to help him and begging the doctor to please do it. And he's subjecting himself, he knows upfront all this pain, all this difficulty, all this restriction that is going to come on him. But he's happily, sub he knows the pain, but mentally he's happy about it. Mentally, he's, he's totally at ease about it mentally. And he's asking for it. Why? Because he knows that there is some hope after this operation is over, after this entire situation is over, then I will have better health later. Which is a hope. Which may turn out to be that, may not turn out to be that. But on that hope, which he sees others also have been through it, okay, now they're walking around, so inshallah, same will happen with me also. He's prepared for all this and he's happy about it mentally. And he's himself signing the paper, please go ahead. So this hope has put him through, made this all this easy for him. Likewise, when a person has hope in the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala, in the rewards from Allah wa ta'ala, that these little difficulties that come, these little challenges that come, I will be patient, it's not just gone in vain. I adopted sabr, it wasn't gone in vain. There's something else coming. There's a time to come ahead. And the zikr will make him focus on the year after before the dunya. And Allah Ta'ala teaches us this in the Quran Sharif. That often we think only in terms of rands and cents. Often we think only of the here and now. When the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala brings our attention to think of the hereafter first and then think of now. Allah Ta'ala says, Sabiqu ila maghfiratim min rabbikum wa jannatin arduhas samawatu wal ard rush towards that jannat the expanse of which is the skies and the earth which is prepared for the muttaqeen who are the muttaqeen then Allah Ta'ala gives the detail of it we discussed this in the previous discussion those who spend in ease and adversity who suppress their anger who forgive but where it started off from first it started off focusing on the akhirat that look towards the maghfirat of Allah Ta'ala look towards jannat then all this will become possible so zikr will make a person first think of akhirat. When the zikr, the awareness of Allah has come, then he won't think of the here and now. He'll think first that what am I to get for this in the hereafter? Hazrat Mawashabali Thanwi had written Bayanul Quran, the tafsir Bayanul Quran, which is a masterpiece in, it surpasses many, many tafasir. And to write a tafsir of the Quran Sharif is no minor task. This is a huge thing. It's a gigantic work. So one Englishman who was in India at that time, he had come to visit him and somebody had informed him beforehand that the Maha has written this tafsir and he understood what it means, what it takes. Somehow, he realized because he perhaps was through the field of research, whatever. So in the process of that visit, he inquired from him that you've written this tafsir, it would have taken you a long time and a great amount of effort, what did you get? In other words, what reward, award, whoever, the government, your community, who, one big golden handshake, what did you get for it? So now he was obviously asking in worldly terms, he said, well, I didn't get anything for it. So this Englishman replied and said, well, then you wasted your time. He said, well, you wasted your time. So the Muhammad replied and said, that if that is your concept, 
that in this world, what I have achieved out of it is that Alhamdulillah, my brothers have benefited from it. The Ummah has benefited from it. And in the hereafter, I will benefit from it. Now, a person who only looks at Englishman, this is his eyes. The Englishman's eyes is the dunya. But the mu'min's eyes is beyond the Englishman. A mu'min doesn't look like the Englishman. A mu'min looks beyond the, the his horizons finish of here. But a mu'min's horizons are far beyond. So a mu'min looks first at the akhirat. What is to come there? And that motivates him to do many things. That motivates him to look at the positive in everything. That motivates him to overlook the negatives and to move ahead with life. So the first thing is dhikr. To the extent there will be dhikr, this awareness of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent it will become possible to look at the positives. And the other is, to the extent a person has developed shukr, that makes a person positive in life. And shukr is such an ibadat that a person is engaged in shukr and he's engaged in a major ibadat. And people around him also are not even aware that what an ibadat this person is engaged in right now. Somebody is sitting and reciting Quran Sharif, we all know he's engaged in ibadat. Somebody is performing salah, we know he's engaged in ibadat. But somebody is sitting quietly, even his lips are not moving. But at that time there was a nice breeze that blew, and from the depth of his heart he made shukr of Allah Ta'ala. He thought of some other ni'mats at that time. He's focusing his mind, Ya Allah, you gave me this also, you gave me that as well. Ya Allah, your ni'mats are unlimited. And he's sitting, not even his eyes are moving, his lips are not moving, but his heart is engaged in shukr. This is such an ibadat, there isn't one iota of riyah in it also. And it's such an ibadat that he's breaking the back of shaitan. That in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala described when shaitan was kicked out of jannat. And he was told that now you out, you are despised and accursed forever. So shaitan at that time, he said that this Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, because of him now I've had to see this situation, so I will take my revenge also. And I will take my revenge out on his progeny. I will come from every direction to them, from the right, from the left, from ahead, from behind, and I will take them towards Jahannam. And then he said one statement. Shaitan is saying it, and he's drawing out his plan of how he's going to waylay the progeny of Adam You'll find the major numbers of them, the majority of them, you'll find that they are ungrateful. So in other words, Shaitan was already making out his master plan. How to deviate everybody. Take them into ingratitude. Take them into nashukri. And this will take a person in the opposite direction, in the wrong direction. And here the person is making shukr, he's breaking the back of Shaitan. Shukr is a subject on his own, but just very briefly what we are talking about, there are three elements to that shukr. One element of the shukr is the verbal shukr. That a person expresses that shukr verbally also. Alhamdulillah. And this Alhamdulillah is filled in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith, in the Du'as. And in which ways Nabi Islam expressed the hamd of Allah Ta'ala. Which is the expression of shukr. Allahumma lakal hamdu hamdan da'imam ma'adawamik. All these various expressions of shukr, 
the sum total of it is the same thing that ya allah perpetual gratitude to you but in which different ways nabi sallallahu presented this the food is food you want to eat but how the different varieties are spread out and how it is laid out and all the way whereas we, the purpose is to get the nourishment so if it is all mixed up to what difference it makes no it makes a big difference so we understand that in terms of the physical food nabi sallallahu is presenting the sugar in a variety of ways though the sum total of all is ya allah perpetual and unlimited and unending sugar for you allahumma lakal hamdu hamdan daiman ma'a dawamik ya allah sugar for you that continues to exist with your existence walakal hamdu hamdan khalidan ma'a khuludik which means the same thing but in a different form walakal hamdu hamdan la muntaha lahu duna mashiyatik ya allah such sugar that never ends such shukr that the one who's expressing it wants nothing but your pleasure every time an eye blinks shukr for you every time somebody takes a breath shukr for you on that Allah shukr for you to the extent of the weight of your arsh subhanallah wa midada kalimatik ya allah the ink that is required to write down your words whereas the quran sharif itself has already explained law kana al bahru midadan li kalimati rabbi lanafida al bahru qabla an tanfada kalimatu rabbi that if the entire oceans had to become ink and if it had to be used to write down the words of allah taala the ink will finish off you bring another seven oceans like it the ink will finish off but the words of allah ta'ala won't expire so nabi sallallahu alaihi expressed the shukr so one is the verbal expression and together with the verbal expression to feel the happiness from within somebody you gave the tin he was down and out you came and gave him 100000 rands person didn't have one cent gave 100000 rands he was sitting completely dejected you told him there's 100000 for you and his face didn't even change and he's looking still just as miserable as ever so what goes through your heart 100000 rands i gave this person and his facial expression also didn't change that same dejected expression he had the same thing is still there shukr requires that we feel that happiness from within think of the ni'mat of allah taala and feel that happiness now we were talking about positive feeling looking at things in the positive perspective the person who has this element of sugar in him will always be able to look at the positive because he's always happy he's always focusing on the ni'mat of allah taala and with this element of sugar in it that he is feeling the happiness from within the day of eid is a ni'mat from allah taala the fuqaha state that part of the etiquettes of eid is that the person must even express happiness somebody sees him they can see a happy person that is the adab of eid because it's ni'mat of allah taala so that happiness must be felt from within that ya allah what ni'mat you've given me think of one one ni'mat express the shukr verbally and feel the happiness from within now a person has got so many unlimited ni'mats to be thinking about and unlimited ni'mats to be feeling the happiness over so where will it leave time for him to be consumed by the challenges of life Insan is insan he is human being after all he is not made of iron and stone 
those challenges will sometimes act him. He'll also feel pain. He'll also feel some grief, some sorrow. Something happens, he's a human being after all. But it will not be a case where he'll get consumed in that. That moment will pass. And then life will carry on. And then he'll start focusing again. That yes, this has happened. Indeed, it is a challenge in life. It was a painful situation maybe. It was whatever tragedy had come. All these things will affect him. He's insan after all. But then Allah Ta'ala has even, Nabi Sallallahu has given that despite something has happened, a person has been struck in with some tragedy, three days he will mourn, he lost, somebody has passed away, three days he will mourn, then life will carry on. Then he will start focusing again on the na'mas of Allah Ta'ala and he will move happily forward. Those pains will be there somewhere in the background. He's not inanimate, he's a human being, he has feelings, it'll be somewhere there but it'll be hidden somewhere in the background. But life will carry on comfortably. So to the extent the person has zikr in his life, the awareness of Allah Ta'ala has been created. And to the extent he's had, got shukr in his life, then he will be able to focus on the positives very easily. To take some examples from the life of the Sahaba and our Akabirin of how with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, how they managed to focus on the positive even in dire situations. As Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, Ummul Mu'mineen, the beloved wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the daughter of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an, what virtues and what position and what status she enjoys. Jibi sallallahu alayhi wa salams came to her and so many things. There was one incident to place where she was slandered and a terrible slander, a slander on her purity. And this was a very painful incident in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also. For one month no wahi had come. A lengthy incident, the crux of it, that one month no wahi had come. And from the time she realized that this kind of rumor is going around, she became completely sick. She couldn't eat, she couldn't sleep. And what torture her parents would have gone through. Now all this has finished off finally after one month. The wahi comes down. What entire ruku of the Quran Sharif is revealed. And Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala explains her chastity and purity. Imagine the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala brings this down in. And she herself says that I never regarded myself to be of that nature where Allah Ta'ala will reveal something in the Quran Sharif. But I had hope that Nabi Islam will be shown something in a dream which will clear my name. But Allah Ta'ala revealed it in the Quran Sharif. That till the day of Qiyamah people will recite this and they will have to testify to this. That what a person she was. How close she was to Allah Ta'ala. So in any case now this whole episode was cleared. This was all instigated by the munafiqeen. Because they were looking for every opportunity to hurt Nabi Islam and his family. But some sincere Muslims unwittingly got involved in it. And there's a very big lesson. That sometimes some information comes through to us and sent to all. In a moment everybody's got it. What's the truth in it? How much of it is true? How much of it is a lie? Nobody knows. And sometimes if it is true also, but it is ibad. So we are getting involved in one press of the button, maybe hundred times ghibat. Hundred contacts got it one time, hundred ghibats we were one, in one, one press of the button. So in any case, when this entire is, issue was cleared, 
some people unwittingly involved. One of them was Hassan radiallahu ta'ala. Khair, obviously, he sought forgiveness, etc. Time passed. Once after Nabi Sallallahu demise, he had come. It was Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. Many Sahaba would come from behind the parda. They would ask questions. They would inquire about ahadith. So he also came. So she gave the instruction that he must be seated well, treated with respect. So somebody said that he's the person who caused all this pain to you. He's the person who caused all this difficulty to you. And you want to do this for him? You're saying you must treat him with respect? What is Aisha's response? Let alone stopping anybody from making ribat of any sort. She goes to the defense of Hazrat Hassan And she says, Innahu kana yunafihu an Rasulillah sallallahu sallam. That he used to defend Nabi sallallahu sallam with his poetry. When the mushrikeen would compose poetry against Nabi sallallahu sallam, against his honor, Hassan would reply in poetic form. And he would reject what they were saying. She is giving this lesson that don't forget the good he's done. Don't forget the good he's done. Focus on the positive. Now this positive thinking. How light it makes a person's life. Focusing on the positive. Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah one person used to keep writing very abusive letters to him. And he used to, it used to be full of vulgarity. Hazrat Maha Yahya Sahib, the father of Hazrat Shaykhul Hadith Maha Zakaria Sahib, he was in charge of the correspondence of Gangoi Rahmatullah and he would read it out, then whatever the reply was being dictated, he would write the reply. So after opening up a couple of letters now, he saw the same name, he would look at it and put it aside. And he wouldn't even inform Hazrat Gangoi Rahmatullah that this letter came again. So some time passed. One day Hazrat Gangoi said, Hamare dost ka koi khataya nahi. That our friend hasn't sent any letter for a long time. Now meanwhile he wasn't aware that this was coming and he was being put aside quietly. So Hazrat Yahya Sahib replied and said that Hazrat, his letters have been coming. But what is the use even reading that letter out? It's full of vulgarity, full of abuse. There's nothing in there to read. What must I read about that? How can I bring myself to read that to you also? So Gagwe Rahmatullah replied, he said, no, no, you read it. He says, I don't listen to it with any other intention that just to see now what's new, what kind of new words he's learned. My intention that maybe in the whole letter of abuse and vulgarity, there might be something that might be applicable. And if that one thing also is applicable, then we can take it and apply it to ourselves. And we can learn a lesson from it. So with that intention, I listen carefully, because sometimes an enemy manages to point out that fault to you, which your friends won't tell you. So I listen with that intention. I imagine he's listening to a letter of total abuse against himself. A letter full of vulgarity. But he's looking for the positive inside it. Now who can be who can bring himself to do that? That person who's got the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. That my islah is maqsood. I want to rectify myself. If I can get something of my islah from my enemy, he's doing me a favor. Now this is from the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that the awareness of Allah Ta'ala is there, it makes it very easy for a person to be able to do this. Imam Abu Hanifa, one incident about him, which is mentioned in the kitabs, again, looking at the positive of it. And when a person is positive about things, 
how he can react in such a positive manner. One person came and he slapped him. The Imam of the time. And he slapped him in public. So Imam Muhammad Rahmatullah very calmly addressed that person. He said, look, what you have done, if I want to take qisas, retaliation, like an eye for an eye, I can go to the Qazi and I can put my case forward and I will be given the permission that how you slapped me or how you assaulted me, I am allowed to do it. So I can do that. But I won't do that. Then he said, if I want, my friends all here, if I just give them one indication, then as we say, they'll make kima of you. There'll be nothing left of you. I can do that. But I won't do that also. Then he said, that if I want, I will, I can make lanat against you. Curse you. And in other words, I'll be entitled to do this because you have oppressed me. La jahra bil illa man You've oppressed me, so I have the right to take some kind of retaliation if I want to. So if I want to utter some curse against you, I'll be entitled to it. But I won't do that also. Then, if I want to on the day of Qiyamah, I can demand retribution against you. And on that day, it'll be very profitable. Because in lieu of what you have done, I'll get your good deeds. But I won't do that also. As I said, in fact, what I'll do is, if inshallah, Allah Ta'ala grants me Jannat, and I'm given the permission to intercede on behalf of somebody, I'll intercede on your behalf. Allah Ta'ala gives me the permission to intercede on somebody's behalf, I'll intercede on your behalf. Now, can we imagine the state of positivity in that mind? That let alone here, he's already gone to the Akhat. And he's already gone towards making sifarish and intercession on behalf of the person who subjected him to this kind of oppression. Now, this can only be from that very, for that, from that extreme level of positivity, which comes from the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. That ayat of the Quran Shari that we discussed. That where already our mind is first taken towards the Akhirat, then what we are supposed to do is then brought to us. That think about this from the perspective of the Akhirat. Rush towards the Jannat, which is broader than the earth and the skies. And it is for those who are buttaqeen, those who spend in ease and adversity, those who suppress their anger, those who forgive. But it started off taking our mind first to the Akhirat. Taking our mind towards the Maghfirat of Allah Ta'ala. That first if this awareness is there, then this will become easy. Otherwise, without this awareness, this will be a very difficult thing. Then the sabr, that hadith that we discussed right at the beginning, there were two aspects mentioned in there. That the mu'min, everything is good for him. Either he's making shukr, or he's making sabr, and he's reaching his objective. Imam Isma'i was a very great imam of Nahwa, of Arabic grammar. But he was a person who was quite his features etc he wasn't a person that was very handsome or good looking but he Allah Ta'ala's Nizam he got married to a woman who was extremely beautiful so one day when he came to the house suddenly he stopped and he's admiring his wife so she said both of us are total Jannatis so he said where you got that list from where you saw it who is in Jannat he says no I know both of us are Jannatis every time 
You look at me, you make sugar. You're going to go to Jannat with the sugar. I look at you, I make sour. I'm going to go to Jannat with the sour. So in any case, the issue is that the person now with this positivity, he's looking at the akhirat. So now when he's got the awareness of Allah, that awareness of Allah makes very easy for the sabr also. The awareness of Allah takes him to shuk. He's all the time constantly aware what na'mats I'm enjoying. How many na'mats I'm enjoying. And that is brimming his heart with shukr. And when that difficulty comes, when that challenge comes, he's after all insan. He's not a superhuman. He also has feelings, he has emotions. But the awareness of Allah Ta'ala makes that sabr easy. And that sabr takes him to Allah Ta'ala. Just to finish off on one more incident, Hazrat Khari Tayyip Sahib Rahmatullah who was the principal of Dalum Deoband. And while he was already the principal of Dalum Deoband, where he was an international figure, one day, his mother slapped him. Whatever might have happened, his mother slapped him. He immediately took the hand of his mother and he kissed it. And he said, Jazakallah, that same compassion you showed to me when I was a little child, you haven't stopped showing that compassion to me still. Now how would this have won the heart of that mother? And what du'as would have come out? What brought out du'as? And the du'as of a parent, it takes a person to heights. The du'a of a parent is something ajeeb. Yeah. Riwayat of hadith, which specifically describe what effect came from the du'a of a mother. And from the bad du'a of a mother also. But now where did this courage come from? To react in this way. That was that positivity. And the awareness of akhirat. The awareness of Allah wa ta'ala. That made this very easy. So the whole issue is that a mu'min, everything is always positive for him. The challenges are there. The pain is there sometimes. There's sometimes sorrow. There's sometimes grief. There's sometimes some hardship. But in everything a mu'min sees the positive. He focuses on the positive. And he's moving towards his objective. And that is the yardstick. That is the yardstick of the positivity. Of what's positive. That he's going towards the Prophet. Either with sabr or with shukr. But he's going towards Prophet. And he will see the reality of that Prophet the day his eyes close. So this is what we have to train ourselves to do. We have to train ourselves for that shukr. Train ourselves for that sabr. But in all this is the zikr of Allah. Wa ta'ala. That daily we spare time to develop this awareness of Allah. Ta'ala. One is the little programs of zikr that take place. This is merely a form of training, a form of creating the awareness. But this is not something for specific days and specific programs. This is something that should be a part and parcel of a mu'min's life. No day of his should go without dedicated time for the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Without any distraction. It's him and his Rabb. And without any distraction, he's remembering Allah wa Ta'ala and developing the awareness of Allah Ta'ala. And then with that awareness of Allah Ta'ala as it develops, now all these things will start becoming easier of time. May Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and give all of us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with this reality of shukr, reality of sabr. Allah Ta'ala grant us his awareness at all times.
اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسلمنا مولانا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم هو جاي ميرا دلك ميدانه تو هي تو هو تو هي تو هو تو هي تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار نامہ سیاہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ 
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لك الحمد کلہ و لك الشکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و علم تغفر لنا و ترحمنا لنکوننن من الخاسرین رب اخفر وارحم وعفو وتجرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العزو الاکرم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا و ذرياتنا قرت اعین و جعلنا للمتقین اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا و کفر عنا سیئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيام إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان الہ العالمین یا اللہ ہمارے تمام گناہوں کو معاف فرما یا اللہ تمام لغزشوں کو درگزر فرما یا اللہ ہم برے گندے ہیں کنہگار ہیں خطاکار ہیں مجرم ہیں یا اللہ جو کچھ بھی ہے یا اللہ آپ ہی کے تو بندے ہیں یا اللہ الہ العالمین ہماری پوری پوری مغفرت فرما یا اللہ فگیو آل اوور سنز یا اللہ یا اللہ فگیو آل اوور سنز میجا این مائنر سنز یا اللہ وٹ ایور وی ہیو کمٹیڈ ان دا ڈارکنس آف دا نائٹ ان دا لائٹ آف دا ڈے یا اللہ فگیو ایٹ یا اللہ وٹ وی ڈڈ نوئنگلی ان نوئنگلی یا اللہ یو فگیو ایٹ یا اللہ الہ العالمین میک اے اسٹیڈ فاسٹ آن دین یا اللہ الہ العالمین انیبل اس ٹو ارن یور پلیجر ایوری مومنٹ آف اوور لائف یا اللہ سیو اس فرام آل دی حرام یا اللہ سیو اس فرام آل دی فتنہ این فساد یا اللہ سیو اس فرام دی سنز آف دی آئیز یا اللہ سیو اس فرام دی سنز آف دی ایئرز یا اللہ سیو اس فرام دی سنز آف دی tongue ya Allah save us from the sins of the hands and feet ya Allah ilaha ul alamin save us from the sins of the heart ya Allah purify our hearts ya Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah ilaha ul alamin fill our hearts with shukr ya Allah fill our hearts with sabr ya Allah ilaha ul alamin make us ya Allah aware of you every moment of our life ya Allah ilaha ul alamin ya Allah grant us that nisbat ya Allah grant us the connection with, the, with yourself ya Allah that the awliya siddiqeen have ya Allah ilaha ul alamin Allah you forgive us ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our ya Allah relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم الہ العالمین یا 
Allah, you grant us istiqamatun deen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us with tawbatan nasuh, ya Allah. Take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, save us from the torments of the qabr, ya Allah. Make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, save us from the reckoning of the day of qiyamah, ya Allah. Grant us jannatul firdos without any reckoning, ya Allah. Grant us the shafat and intercession of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, grant us jannatul firdos without any hisab kitab, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who have passed away from our families, from the entire ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, you forgive them, ya Allah. Fill their qabrs with nur, ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, whatever difficulties anybody is in, ya Allah, remove their hardships and difficulties, ya Allah. Throughout the world, wherever any Muslim is suffering, ya Allah, remove his suffering, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, you grant us the good of this world and the good of the hereafter, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, save us from every morsel of haram, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, give us halal and tayyib rizq, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, save us from the temptations, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, all those who asked us make, to make dua for them, ya Allah, fulfill all their pious aspirations, ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties, ya Allah. Fulfill all their needs, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, give them the best of this dunya and the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who have raised their hands, ya Allah. You are know of the unseen, ya Allah. You know each person's needs, ya Allah. You know each person's aspirations, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, fulfill each one's jai's needs, ya Allah. Fulfill all each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. All those who may be sick among us, ya Allah, give us shifai kamila, ajila, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, whatever worries and concerns and problems anybody has out of your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, reunite the hearts of the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us one, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you use us for the service of your mubarak deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Till our dying moment, ya Allah, use us for deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Grant ikhlas and sincerity in everything, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, all that we have asked for, grant us that as well, ya Allah. What we have not asked for and should have asked for it, ya Allah, without asking you bless us with it, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all the good that Nabi Islam asked for, ya Allah, you grant it to us as well, ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam asked for protection from, ya Allah, you save us as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuk sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. Wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyyil azim.